Blog Talk Radio. Well, well, well. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Sports Year. Football is back. The grass is greener. The skies are bluer. The sun is brighter. This is Jim with Sid. And, uh, Sid, welcome to the brand new sports year starting tonight. It does. It's, uh, it, I, I, I understand that it does start tonight, but I do still feel like it, 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 it doesn't start till Sunday. I mean, this is nice, cute and all, but it really starts Sunday when, when everybody takes the field. Yeah, and, you know, I, we both have the NFL Sunday ticket, and what aggravates me about their schedule is they, they have all these games in the mor- morning, West Coast time, after 10 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 10, 1 o'clock games, and 2 at 4 o'clock. And so yeah. I kind of wish they spread them out more because there's a lot of teams I want to watch, and it's impossible unless you have a little box on that only has eight games. And then you're watching a 12-inch screen. So, yeah, it's a fantasy starting. Sid and I are in a fantasy league together, and we have all sorts of pools going on. We're actually in one called the Dinner Pool that there's six of us. has been going on for 17 years, and the winner gets dinner anywhere in Los Angeles bought by the losers. And it's always we ate at Providence this year. Our friend Jeremiah won, and uh, Providence rated the number one restaurant in L.A. by the L.A. Times food critic. And I had a great time, but it's expensive. And uh, so Sid and I are going to reveal our picks at the end of the show, but we're sort of jockeying because we're still making our final selections for the dinner pool and don't want to tip each other off. So I don't care about tipping you off. I, I, we, we always come at it from different angles, and I really don't yeah. think that um, what I'd say would, would have an effect on what you think. Well, exactly, and vice versa. So, yeah, but I have the Browns winning the, the, the AFC, so. It'll promptly change his picks to reflect that. And oh yes, oh uh, yes. Well, it's been uh, quite an eventful last week and a half. Um, duh, Michael Sam. Twelve uh, fifty-five Pacific time last Saturday. Sid and I were talking, and it looked <laughs> like Sam was going to make the active roster for the Rams based on. Twitter reports from people who were looking at the cuts. Five minutes later, he was. Not um, a day later, he had no job, and then a whirlwind of stuff happened. And two days ago, he was brought, you know, uh, brought in by the Cowboys. Yesterday, passed a physical and signed. So Michael Sam's on their practice squad. So quite a uh, a roller coaster. Well, for Michael, I mean, it's it really reminded me of the draft. Uh, over the course of three days, he went from you know. Hopefully, somehow, by a miracle, being picked in the first round, but then, you know, kind of in the back of his head, expecting to be taken in the second day, and and then by the third by the third day, just kind of started to really the emotions becoming impossible to bear with, and and just waiting for him again. But finally, somebody, and it, what's what's one of the most interesting things to me about this is finally somebody in the Bible Belt. A second team in the Bible Belt decided, "Yep, we're good with this." It just—it really speaks to uh, you know. I don't think the homophobia is dead in the NFL, but it's—it's—it speaks to uh, you know that it that it is evaporated in so many different corners of the league. 
Yeah, I, I have a mixed take on the homophobia part, but I was really pleased to see Jerry Jones yesterday, his strong statements about Michael as a player, that they're thrilled to have him. He has a lot of upside. There's no guarantees he'll make a regular season roster. He has a good chance because the Cowboys are terrible. That uh, you know, I wrote that Yosemite Sam would actually be an upgrade over some of their guys. So, um, <laughs> you know, so it's like it was good to hear the owner say that, and he's going to get a shot. And just so people know, practice squad, no guarantees you'll be on a, a actually playing a game. Last year, the Cowboys in 17 weeks picked up four guys from their practice squad or their active roster. But injuries happen, and they're thin at defensive line, and that's where Michael excels as a defensive end. So he's going to get his chance. Um, but that's going to be pretty much a week-to-week thing. Um, but, yeah, my take on the homophobia is I, I kind of wonder, does a gay guy, openly gay guy, have to be that much better that no one can dispute his value to a team? And I think, kind of feel that's where we're at right now because it shouldn't have taken Michael that long to wind up on a practice squad. And I know you were hearing from people you were talking to, like saying, you know, they've never seen anything like this. Adam Schefter had a great note on ESPN of 12 guys who had two and a half sacks in the preseason. All 11 had had a job by Sunday except for Michael. So I think the homophobia there is latent, and it's this weird amalgam of distractions and media circuses, and it's just a way to sort of avoid the issue more than I think is outright hostility to it. Well, first, if you want to call in and talk about Michael Sam and, and his season ahead and, and the state of homophobia in the league, you can call 347-945-7834. Uh, there's no question to me that he it, it took the, he didn't get drafted when he should have, I believe, because of homophobia. And, and not that all 32 teams are driven by homophobia, but the number of good landing spots for him was probably half the league. And that if a few of those teams, you know, just grade him a little worse or remove him from their board because of homophobia, it affects his draft stock. And I think that this past week there were probably, oh, I don't know, anywhere from four to eight decent landing spots for him. And again, you know, if just a couple of those remove him from consideration, it really affects him. So, you know, I I wonder if, you know, the Cowboys traded for a defensive end uh, on Saturday before the cut deadline with the Tennessee Titans. And it's a guy who didn't perform in the preseason as well as Michael. I wonder if the if the Rams were trying to work out a, a trade with the, with the Cowboys and the Cowboys just kind of said, nope, we don't think you're going to be able to find a trade partner and uh, you go ahead and you cut him. And so I, I'm just. I'm and you just won't curious. sign him to your practice squad, pretty much. Right. And you won't sign him to your practice squad because we know your injury issues. So I just, I just, I wonder. I mean, this is all speculation, but I just wonder if the, the, the Cowboys at some point were, were, were relying on the homophobia of other teams and other issues to, to eventually land them. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing people should know that in terms of the practice squad, that. Michael could be picked up by another team off the practice squad, but he has to be placed on that team's active roster for a minimum of four games. So this season, Michael's chances pretty much ride with Dallas unless they somehow drop him from the practice squad. So if you're going to see Michael in uniform this year, it will almost certainly be with the Cowboys, given the fact that no team's probably going to pick him up for a four-game commitment. And they do that to avoid people you know, picking up a guy – for a week to stash him and ever and start, you know, playing musical chairs with the roster. But, 
Yeah, it's kind of funny. I keep saying homophobia, and it sounds like it's it's this visceral hatred. And I don't think it is. It's a mostly a discomfort and uncomfort, and it it's it just baffling that he survived that long. That's why I said, like, what if he had the skills of, well, Jadavian Clowney's a freak, but, you know, somebody, athletic freak, somebody that you could not assail his ability. He was too valuable, and I'm wondering if that's the kind of person that, might be the next person that could come out because his place is secure because no one can ding. You can ding Michael for a million football reasons, right? And some people did. It could have been legitimate. It could have been a mask for something else. And we'll never know. Yeah, well, but I think, you know, for me, I understand that, yes, the next barrier to be broken might be a real big star coming out. But for me, Michael's story is so much more powerful because it's very easy to dismiss the acceptance of Jadavian Clowney as, well, of course, anybody, that guy's a freak. He's a once-in-a-generation player. Of course anybody's, uh, any team would accept him. But for Michael, who, you know, just despite, I mean, we both think he's, well, I think he's a, a, a very good player. You know, he, he does have some things against him. He's considered a one-dimensional, quote-unquote, tweener. And uh, and so he has to struggle to to make a roster, and I think that by when he does every step of the way, I think he really breaks ground because he's not just this automatic, guarantee, widely accepted superstar. Yeah, I think my point wasn't that his story was; it was that I'm wondering if the next person who feels comfortable to come out might be someone who knows he's secure and not on the margins. Because if you're on the margins, you don't know exactly the reason why you're cut. That's yeah. my point about it. That you know, someone could have said, "We're not going to pick up Michael because he's a tweener. He's not big enough. He's not whatever." And maybe the real reason is we don't want the gay guy. But they have valid, built-in ex- reasons, football-wise. But you know, Michael is going obviously a historic figure. He is he is on a roster, so he's the first NFL pl- openly gay player in the league. I checked with the league on that. The practice squad players are considered on the roster, and. Um, you know, I, I really wonder if now he's going to be simply fit in well with the Cowboys because of the uh, – I keep I, I don't know who I'm seeing on TV talking about this. Someone on the NFL Network said that Jerry Jones called Des Bryant, Jason Witten, a few other players to tell them he was signing Michael Sam just to give him a heads up, and they all thought it was great, wonderful, if he helps the team. And you hear those kind of things, and I think it's, you know, it's really a positive sign that He's going to fit in well with the Cowboys because, as a teammate, everybody has said nothing but good things about him at Missouri and at the Rams. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting him calling teammates because on the on the one hand, it's great and it's an opportunity for the for the players to really state you know their their support of of Michael. On the flip side, if Michael was just every other player. Jerry would not have called Des Bryant and, and Jason Witten to to give them a heads up on some random guy on the practice squad. So it's 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 interesting how yes you want to treat them the same, but then you don't treat them the same. Yeah, I guess it like sounded from the reporter made it sound like they weren't getting their blessing to sign him. It simply was almost like, hey, if a reporter stops you, you don't wind up looking like you don't know what you're talking about. Like, hey, a heads up because it is. Everybody knows, regardless of it, it is historic, and you'd have to be blind to sort of not realize why it's a big story, which is why it's baffling when I see all these commenters on football sites. Why are we talking about this? Well, you bonehead, because he's, <laughs> he's the first openly gay player. And when we're the 20th openly gay player, we're not going to care. And so 
I think it, it seemed to me that it was simply, hey, guys, this has happened. You know how many reporters cover the Cowboys, and probably a lot of them are looking for some maybe angle to get Des Bryant to say something stupid, which he's yeah. very capable of doing. And so maybe it was Jerry doing damage control ahead of time or possible damage control. But I just thought, well, you're right, in Dallas, in Texas, and, um, you know, they're the most watched team in the league. And if Michael gets called up to an active roster and that game happens to be on national TV, the ratings are going to go up. I know we both kind of took a deep breath when we saw that uh, somebody was in that, was reporting that the, the Cowboys were going to sell Michael Sam jerseys, and we both thought that is really kind of that 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 is sinking to a low level. You're putting this guy on a practice squad. You're not giving him an opportunity to play in the game, and. It just started bringing into question, you know, did you bring him in to sell jerseys for a few weeks and make some money, or is this legit? So it was great to see the Cowboys say, we are not mass-producing Michael Sam jerseys. Well, that's the other thing. They're not, they, they basically, their statement was weird. It was kind of like, we're, we're not capable of mass-producing practice jerseys. Um, you could order a special one on the Internet, you know, but you can order a special one with anybody's name and number on it. Uh, and plus, Michael is 46 on the practice team. He has to be from 50 to 79, from what I understand, on on a roster because they have set. Or 90 to 99. Oh, is it? Oh, that's right, nine. So yeah, is that was it 50 to 79 and 90 to 99? I, I, can you be I can you be in the 50s and be a lineman? I think there's 30 numbers. I think you're. I think it's 60s, 70s, and 90s. Yeah, I'm, uh, but, I'm pretty yeah, sure Michael, that's right. He can't be 46. So if you thought you'd buy a Michael Sam 46 jersey. Um, yeah, the 50s are bother. centers and linebackers. Yeah, so I keep hearing different. To, uh, yeah, I see. Yeah, I saw I'm looking at it right now. He's it's 60 to 79 and 90 to 99. Got it. Okay. Well, he wore 96 with the Rams. Maybe he'll pick 96 again uh, if he gets, unless the Cowboys have a 96 now. But I mean, their defensive line is terrible. I mean, that's why it really is the best fit in the league because. I saw a, a capsule of them uh, by a good writer for Grantland, Bill Barnwell, and he just said one of the worst defensive lines he's seen in terms of, like, their starters. Yeah. And what you give me a stat about some guy, like, number of sacks the guys are starting with Anthony Spencer They've on never, two? That, well, there's only, there's only one guy, one defensive end on the team who's ever recorded an NFL sack, and that's George Selvey, who is injured and will not be playing this week. So they will literally have every defensive end on their active roster who's playing has never recorded an NFL sack. Yeah, I saw someone's fantasy must starts. Colin Kaepernick, 49ers at Dallas this week. Yeah, you think? You know, what's interesting, um, though, not, not to kind of speculate, you know, if, if Michael could, could, could get onto the active roster and get into a game, two games to kind of that pop out. One is at the Rams in two weeks in week three, which I know my, Michael would really love to play in. It's back in St. Louis where he's been the last month or two. And then Sunday night football, Saints at Cowboys, September 28th. How much would NBC pay to get Michael Sam into that game? Well, the interesting thing about it is Dallas has so many national games. They are such a national profile team that they're not going to be seen in two media markets. You know, like if you're the if he's on the Jaguars, you're going to have a very good yeah. chance that we're going to see Michael Sam on a Sunday night game. Um, in you said week four, week four Saints yeah. and Cowboys. 
it very well could be that you know they're really struggling on the line. Um, but I think we wouldn't, you know, we got to put the cart before the horse, and so we say he has to sort of, you know, practice well, and they have to see something. We're just saying they're so banged up and so weak on the line that he very well could could get a a shot to play, and that would be that would be pretty historic. Um, so he sacked Drew Brees. He's not that's right. If they played the Broncos last year, so he couldn't sack Peyton Manning. Um, they got the AFC South this year. Yeah, well, there's nobody. I mean, Andrew Luck's a star, but still a budding star. If he sacks uh, Chad Henney, it doesn't have the same oomph. <laughs> Jake Locker. Well, you know what's interesting to me, and I think this is a good transition into just talking football. I'm on NFL Network, the NFL.com right now. Michael Sam is not mentioned on the front page of this website, of NFL.com. And, I, you know, I think that's it just goes to speak to the the season starting and Michael Sam now that the now that they're actual real games Michael Sam just fades into the distant and into the background until he does play and now it's just about football yeah and i think i wrote something yesterday that if he hadn't been signed we'd still be talking about Michael Sam at some level every week there's injuries you know are you going to call up Michael Sam and so the fact that the cowboys took him off the board makes it nobody's going to care about Michael Sam in a good way because you shouldn't care about practice squad players until they do something. Um, so let's talk some NFL. And, uh, you know, I've, I've sort of made my picks, and, again, I won't change it, but um, we always do things, sleepers and favor. How do, you want, how do you want to do something? Pick out some categories, and I'll tell you what I think, or you tell me what you think. Well, I'll tell you this. I don't know. I really, it's been difficult. We, you and I have both been very busy, and it's been very difficult, even though I watch NFL Network all day long, every day. It's still been tough to to really get dig down to the nitty-gritty, and I assume that I'm, I'm not going to change anything that, that I'm picking based on what you say. But I'd love to know, there's a, there's a team that I look out there at and I say, that team's got potential to be a... Sh- a surprise or shocking playoff team, and I haven't seen anybody even mention them. Do you have a team like that? that oh, in the playoffs? Sh- yeah. Well, I have the Bears in the playoffs. I have the Redskins winning the division. I like the Lions a lot. I just don't have a spot for them right now in the playoffs. In the AFC, I have the Jets in the playoffs, and I have the Steelers in the playoffs who weren't there a year ago. Wow, that's Um, interesting, yeah. I mean, I I just like – I think the Jets' offense is simply going to be better, and I think their defense is terrific, and I think they'll be a wild card. Um, But I – one of them I mentioned, or did I miss somebody? Well, just uh, listen. It's for whatever reason I can get everything else wrong, but I, but somehow I end up picking that one team that's going to be kind of a shocker. It was mm-hmm. Carolina last year, and the year before that it was Chiefs. This year for me, it's the Bucks, and I think. Oh well, Doug, you know the Doug Bucks. Martin, I've heard a lot. I've heard a lot, actually a lot of people say that about the Bucks. You have. I uh, I don't know the you know the 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 quarterback situation and Doug Martin coming back and. And and the defense, I just in that division, I'm just. I mean, I know people are high on the Saints, um, but I just I, I think their schedule could pan out to be you know nine wins, which could could get them into the playoffs. It's kind of a one of the teams. I, I I snagged Doug Martin in the second round of our fantasy league just because I think you know he's a, he, he had a he had a great rookie season. He was doing 
okay until he got injured last year. And I think that, you know, a year off, he's going to come back gangbusters. I've been looking for a big season from him. Yeah, and you took him right before, a pick before I was going to take him. I thought he would slide to the third round and I would snag him. So Yeah, I had him. But I had the same thing. <laughs> I had him pegged for I, – that I, I was one of the guys I really wanted. Yeah, I wanted him, but I thought he, I thought he would survive the third round, so I just took a gamble. But, yeah, I mean, uh-huh. I, I, think, I think that's – my only problem with the Bucks and is Josh McCown's our quarterback, and he really played so well last year. But I think the Bears coach, Tressman, is just an offensive genius, and his players just rave about him. I'm just wondering if he put together another season like that. It's my only hesitancy about them. Um, and so that's why I don't have him in the playoffs, but if he plays like he played with the Bears last year, I think Lovey Smith's a terrific coach, and I would not be, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, the team I think is going to take the biggest fall down are the Chiefs. Um, they've actually lost players in the offseason, and they started 9-0 and and wound up 2-5, and and they just, I think it's going to be a year of regression for them as they kind of, kind of maybe retool for next year. Well, they hit they they, they went on a crazy streak at the start of the season and then and then limped into the playoffs and it's yeah, I, I, I have I I don't have them in the playoffs certainly and uh you know a, a, a team that I I, I I I the whole NFC AFC North is another mystery to me. Total mystery. I think there are there are three teams there that could all that could all win the Super Bowl, and I mean, not win, maybe not win the Super Bowl, get to the Super Bowl, or or, or get darn close. And I just, it's it's it, it's total crapshoot to me. I mean, I I don't think anyone can tell you with any certainty that one team is is going to just rise above the rest. And of course, now you're going to tell me that you know which one it is. No, I don't. It's <laughs> the same thing. I have been vacillating all off. What I do. I one of the things to fall asleep. Some people count cheap. I literally start division to division, and pick it top to bottom, and then I usually fall asleep after three divisions. And it's my way of simply falling asleep. So all year long in my sleep thing, it's like, oh, let's put the Steelers in first place. How about the Bengals today? How about the Ravens? I settle on the Ravens first, the Steelers second, and the Bengals third. But you tell me it's reversed, I'd have no problem with that because I think it's that close. I just think Cincinnati losing its coordinators on defense and offense. I often think those things get overlooked the next season and yeah. in terms of team. And so that's the only reason. Um, the A- NFC East, I had the Redskins in last most of the season. Now, I think I'll put them in first. I mean, I just – the NFC East, I think, is a, <laughs> the same thing. I have – except for the Cowboys being, I don't think, that good. I just have no clue about either of those divisions. Well, who would you pick in both? In what? The, the, well, the in AFC the NFC North. North or AFC North. The AFC North, I got the Steelers. I just, I, I have the feeling that everything's going to work out well. Haley's now been there for what a full season, and um, you know, Le'Veon Bell. If they can, if they can just not get suspended, the the, the running backs there. And I, I, I just have a good vibe about that team. That's that's the one. That's the only, and again, that's all I can go on is a vibe because any of those teams. I mean, Baltimore impressed me last season. I thought that was a five-win team, and they won what seven, eight games. And and Cincinnati has obviously been in the playoffs the last three years. But so I'm just going on a you know. I just think that's the Steelers' year. Yeah, I got them as a wild card. So I wouldn't be surprised. And what about the NFC East? 
Well, I, I think Philly and Washington are the top two, and New York and Dallas are the bottom two. And, and, and you know, Philadelphia, man, it, they just score a lot of points, and they did it again in the preseason. And it's, it's just going to be tough for teams to, to keep up with them. And if their, their defense is just okay, I just see – I think it's going to be hard for them not to win a good 10 games, which I just – I think that's going to be enough. But I, I do – everybody seems to be so down on Robert Griffin III – I just I, I wonder if he's going to put together a really good season. Um, so that's, that's my feeling. That's why I picked them. I like Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon as the bookends, and they have a good running game. He has a good coordinator and Jay Gruden or coordinator coach. Um, I kind of like the Giants because I like Eli, but then I watched him in the preseason, and I know that's not always indicative. But it looks like he doesn't like this new system they put in, and so I thought I'm just going to drop them down to third. Um, but it, it's it's funny that there's certain teams like, like Denver, New England, unless there are major injuries, they're golden to to be in the playoffs. But man, there's a lot of other stuff where I just have no idea. Um, like you said, the sleeper teams is usually always a big churn. Last year there wasn't as much of a churn in the playoff teams, and I don't see the same thing happening this year. If I have four teams, I think this year in the playoffs who didn't make it last year. Yeah, I I was surprised. I have. Let's see. I got two, and then I got, yeah. You know, so I got four, I got four, and and I, well, who, I like. Who do you the, have? I have Jets, Steelers, Bears, Redskins. I've got Ravens, Steelers, Lions, Bucks. Oh, I have the Ravens too. You're right. Okay, the oh, yeah, duh. the Ravens one. Yeah, so they have five. Yeah, the Lions. Tell, I wanted to pick them second or first, and yet I keep thinking that their secondary is so bad. That they'll win, they'll lose games thirty eight thirty seven. What do you like the, the Lions over the Bears say for second or? Well, Jim Caldwell, I I think yeah. for for the last two seasons I've said how is like starting week one every year how is Jim Schwartz not fired? I would fire Jim Schwartz right now. How is this guy still the the head coach? He that that team was I mean. A potential NFC Championship game candidate, and and they just—he was such a bad coach. He could not manage the players, and I just think he—they they blew it with him. And so I'm I'm banking on Jim Caldwell to have a real impact on that team. Yeah, I think you're right. I simply put the Bears ahead of him just because I think the world of Tressman as a as a coordinator, sure. people like Brandon Marshall rave about him, but I'm really tempted to put the Lions up there. Um, yeah, because Brandon Marshall is on Inside the NFL, and actually, is a he's pretty good, uh, pretty good on TV. Yeah, no, I well, yeah, I was watching him too, and it's I, listen, who knows? And it, it, here's the other piece that 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 you know affects the whole NFL, and it affects Michael Sam too in, in a big way is injuries. I mean, who, yeah, well, that, yeah. within the first two or three weeks, something is going to be turned upside down because because of a major injury to a starting wide receiver. Or to a running back, or to a quarterback, or to a shutdown corner, and then I mean, Darrell Revis gets injured in week two. The Patriots, uh, I mean, they're going to struggle. So it it just it just depends on injuries so much. That's why all these predictions are fun and all, but injuries uh, to a large part determine a lot of the final standings. Yeah, that's why I've always said if you can show me. You know, go into the future and just show me the starting lineups in week 16 of every NFL team. I could probably make a good 
educated guess of how they are, how how are, what their record is that season. Yeah. If you look at the New England, oh no, Gronkowski, he's out again. If you look at uh, you know the Broncos, oh shit, Demarius Thomas is out for the whole. You know, it really tells you a lot. So all these predictions are made obviously. If Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers goes down, forget it. Um, yeah. So these picks are made assuming they're not going to have that. So. Um, Let's make our – well, tell me who you have, both the four conference finalists. Well, in the AFC, I've got New England and Indianapolis. And, and, and I'm – you know, I think I told you before the call that I just get a bad vibe from Denver. The, the suspensions of Prater and Welker. And I just – Peyton Manning in, the, in a preseason game running down to taunt a player – it just is so uncharacteristic. It just it reminds me of the first four years that Brady was in the league. He was so calm, cool, and collected, and then and then one year he just started yelling at people, and and that was that was kind of the beginning and the end for him. Obviously, he's set NFL records, but he hasn't won the Super Bowl since. I just it just had that something's wrong with that team, and I know it's just a vibe. So I don't even have them winning the division. Well, you know, I, I don't discount that. I just I think on paper they're the best team in the AFC. Uh, I think add, their additions to defense are going to be great. But I no teams have gone back to the Super Bowl after losing in 20 years. So I am bucking history. I have Denver over New England in the conference final, even though I've literally changed my mind 20 times. <laughs> and it's simply more of, gee, I, I'd rather the Broncos or the Patriots. So if I have to flip a coin, I'll just cheat and pick the team I want to win. But I don't discount uh, your thing. New Indianapolis, I just think they haven't built, given Andrew Luck enough weapons, even though on both offense and defense. That's the only reason I don't have And I'll tell you with New England, New England, I think I think that the front line, the top line in New England is 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 really talented. Like it's hard for me to look look at those like all their starters and say that team is not the best in the NFL. The problem is, I don't think they're they're particularly deep. So. As in past seasons, they get a couple injuries, they're done. So they're. Yeah, I don't think on offense there. I mean, I think offense they're still missing receivers and um, offensive line, but defense I think are better. They're better than ever. So yeah. I have the two of them in, and when they play each other in the playoffs, uh, they're two and two in the playoffs. So we'll, that is up in the air. Now the NFC. Why don't I start? I I have. It's boring. I have Seattle and Green Bay, and I have Seattle beating Green Bay. I don't like the Seahawks. I'm kind of fed up with them. They're, it's a champion that has not worn well to me. They're so mouthy. And Pete Carroll yesterday is still saying that Golden Tate caught that catch against the fail Mary. Oh, don't be a a-hole. Just admit you got a break. Anyway, but I just think they're loaded and uh, just, you know, going to be insufferable. But I think they're going to win the NFC again. I got the... Now, now I reserve the right to change this between now yes. and when I send it in yeah, a couple obviously. hours ago. This is the one thing that I, I reserve the right to change. I, I don't see myself picking Seattle, but I got the, the, the Saints and the Packers. And and frankly, the Saints is just listening to a lot of other people, which I tell myself every year I'm not going to yeah, do. Yeah, well, I see that. But uh, but I, I, I don't I, – Seattle last year was one – Miracle fourth quarter from being the fifth seed and not in the not even in the Super Bowl. Forget about winning it because I don't think they mm-hmm. go on the road to win, um, you know, three three straight road playoff games. So I just 
I just don't think they're this incredible dominant team. Will they go eight and zero at home? Maybe, or maybe they'll go seven and one. But they're just—I I, just—I—I I don't see them in the NFC Championship game, and I like the Saints and the Packers. Well, so for me, for the first time in twenty years, I'm going to twenty years. I have the—I have the same two teams repeating, which hasn't happened since the Bills and the Cowboys. And unfortunately, right. as a Peyton and Broncos fan, I have the same result with Seattle winning. Hopefully, it's not forty-three to eight this time. Uh, but this is one I hopefully, merrily hope I'm wrong with Seattle and they don't even make the playoffs. But I'm just, I'm picking them again. Um, so I'll be buying someone else dinner since that hasn't happened in 20 years. And <laughs> you have you have the Patriots against the Saints or the Packers right now? The Packers. The Packers. And I you have the Patriots like winning the... at all? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah and you listen, part of it is me being a little bit of a homer, and you know what? I'm okay with that. It's, I just, I, I think they have a great shot. They have as good a chance as anybody else, and so why not pick them? I didn't pick them last year. I didn't pick the Patriots last year, but I'm picking them this year. Yeah, well, you know, that, that's the fun thing about this. At a certain point, you sort of bet, you, you make your analysis a lot with your head, but then a little bit of your heart comes in, and maybe because I follow Denver a lot more, I'm. I feel better about their team, but uh, it's it's interesting. I just don't see any Super Bowl sleepers this year, like there have been in the past, teams coming out of nowhere. It just seems that the top tiers are too strong, quote-unquote, barring injuries, to have a Tampa Bay or somebody come out of nowhere and make the Super Bowl. Well, you know, it's um, – well, you got to look at who has who has the defense and who has the quarterback. Who, who's got both of those pieces – that who that could come out of nowhere. Carolina, maybe. I mean, they they were the what the number one or number two seed in the NFC. It was hard to say they'd be a sleeper, though. Though nobody's picking them, but they got the quarterback and they have the defense. What do you but mean? I have them last this year, so there you go. Well, no, uh, but they would be they would be sur- a surprise. Oh, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Well, you, oh, you, oh, you're, you're surprised. You're right, surprise. And I think yeah, in the like AFC, the Colts a bit of a surprise, meaning that there's some people I've seen pick them, but I think if they made the Super Bowl, it'd be Consider giving since I would say ninety percent of the picks I've seen have the Patriots or Broncos winning the AFC. So the Colts or a team like the Steelers or the Ravens would be a surprise, even though the Ravens have been there recently. Have the Steelers, but no one's really thinking about them. Well, um, another another couple of the teams that that have may, that might have the pieces. I'll, I'll tell you about the Chargers, and this is why I'm picking the Chargers to to win the division, and and have thought about putting it in the AFC Championship game. Even though I'm not a big Philip Rivers fan, he's obviously has proven to be a winner. They have a really strong running back core: Donald Brown and Danny Woodhead and Ryan Matthews. And I, I don't know, there's just a good energy about that team. And, and if I was going to pick one like world sleeper team to go to the Super Bowl or or be in a conference championship, it might it might be the Chargers. Well, and plus, as a Broncos fan, that is the one team that gives Denver fits. They beat them they, they, until the Super Bowl. They beat them the most convincingly of any team in the regular season. And in the playoffs, it took a third and 17 for Denver to bail itself out. And football is all about matchups. So you get two games against each other, and the Chargers can win both of those. They win the division. So... Yeah, I don't even have them in the playoffs, but again, it's like I don't know the lines in the playoffs. You know, I could see it. I just sort of had to make choices, and I I didn't take them because they got to play the Broncos twice, they got to play the division twice, and they got to play the NFC West twice, which is really or once, which is strong. And so I figured, well, the Steelers and Jets have easier schedules, but 
Um, yeah, I do like the Chargers. I think the, Mike McCoy's done a great job uh, with Rivers in the offense, and I think their defense is a little bit underrated. So, and Dwight Freeney, we'll see. Some people thought he might. Uh, Mike, Mike Freeman thinks he's going to have a really yeah. rebound season. So, yeah, that is a team that nobody's talking about, and because they're play out here, they don't get any publicity. Yeah. Uh, and they were a playoff team last year. People need to remember that. They made the playoffs and uh, came really close to sending the Broncos into overtime in the in the first round. So, yeah, for me, like the, that version of the NFC is the Lions. With the right breaks, I can see the Lions making a nice run because I think they have the offense. And I think Jim Caldwell, I think, is, a, is just a really terrific coach. Underrated. Well, they have the offense and they have the defensive line. They just need exactly, to get the yeah. secondary in order. So they have some... Some key pieces. It would be kind of fun if you can sort of take the secondary for this team and the linebacker for this team, you know, and sort of do your amalgam of groups and, like, put this super team together. I'm curious how it would do. Uh, the worst team to me, I have uh, Cleveland right now. The worst team, I think I put, I put, well, if we have to pick a losing streak, the team to lose the most games to start the season, I'd put Jacksonville. I put Cleveland. Yeah, well, I could. Uh, I think Jacksonville they would were the be a other bit one. of a surprise. What's that? I think the Jags would be a surprising team. Not a playoff team by far, but just better than people think. Maybe. I don't know. Well, that's all the time we have this week. We will uh, check back next week when all of our predictions have gone to the shitter. Exactly, when Peyton and Tom will both get hurt in week one and <laughs> we start from scratch. That's right. And Andrew Luck is the greatest quarterback in the league. Talk to you then.